0: Greetings, Alpha Seekers. Um, welcome to. I think we're calling this uh, Nugent Capital Fund or something nowadays. But we're rebranding. We're gonna get together and rebrand tomorrow. <clears throat> so, so anyway, um, the Saturday episode is a news flash because we're we're sharing our investment thesis for the new uh, Nugent Capital Fund or whatever it is. So the investment thesis is that there are uh, are a number of very high alpha opportunities in the biotech sector as evidenced by the recent results of stocks like Moderna and Biontech, which we made money on. And... uh, those alpha events can occur based on predictable catalysts such as FDA approvals. And these are these were very well reported. In the vaccine, obviously, you could I mean, unless you were living under a rock, you know, this was being reported by the mainstream medium. So generally you have to dig a little deeper to find out when those trials are going to be Adjudicated when the FDA is going to rule on them, but it's not that hard to find. So, so you'll know that okay, the Biogen Alzheimer's drug is going to get an FDA review panel advisory committee, and if you know that, you know probably either the stock the stock's going to move. I mean, if it comes out favorable, uh, where if it, especially if it's unexpected, right? If it's baked. And won't move that much, but in the case of uh, this latest Biogen Alzheimer's, the staff report was very positive. The FDA career staff, government service types, was positive, and then the outside review panel came in, and it was very negative, so their stock dropped like a rock which gave us a buying opportunity in my personal investments. Now we didn't do anything on the option side with that, but uh, or on the Nugent capital side, but uh, you know we could have. I mean if you sold puts after that drop, you gotta figure it's got nowhere to go but up so uh, and then you could buy some way out of the money calls on the stock and to the extent that it lives or dies by that drug, uh, that new drug application, You've got your upside potential. So, I mean, when you're a hundred bucks away from the pre report uh, level, you know, those puts are those calls on those, those upside calls are not going to go for that much money because they're so far out of the money. But if FDA eventually proves it, and then of course, you know, it, you want to sell that on the news because if the drug doesn't end up selling, which it might not because, you know, who's going to reimburse it? Yeah, but, but, Then, but anyway, that's how it that's how it works. Now, you know, the average investor is going to go out and go long the stock. Now, if they're long the stock going into that event, boy, they took a dive. Whereas, if you use options, you're levered, which means that you're if things go well, if you're levered bullishly, then you're going to make, you know, even with just deep in the money calls that are very conservative, you're leveraging at probably 30 30 plus percent. So for every uh, share that you could have bought cash, you basically got a a share and a third. And then uh, if you use out of the money calls, your leverage is even better. And You can also shield the volatility risk by buying insurance on the stock in the form of a put, which can be fairly far out of the money. Like you could have bought a a put on Biogen at 50 bucks below the strike and and made a ton of money on it. So uh, by managing these positions adroitly, one can realize alpha above and beyond even the pure long equity investor in biotech while minimizing uh, the exposure On the risk side. So that's what we're intending to do. We're intending to uh, obtain and manage such positions uh, using investor funds as well as debt instruments that pay very high yield. That's that 10 10 10 deal I've been talking about. Um, You know, we're willing to offer a very much above market uh, yield. And what we do with that money is we are going to put it into this biotech fund as what's called margin money, okay? So let's say we sell puts, they have to be secured by cash. Well, we can do more puts if we have cash that isn't uh, spoken for in terms of being deployed in options, but just sits there as a cushion against the potential... uh, claim an effect that we'll have to pay if the if the stock goes below our insured put level and we're sure to put so you know that hoo if that happens but we try to pick these at levels and you can use technical analysis to figure out okay here's here's a level that probably isn't going to go below you know and you can be wrong but you know we also spread them so we're not if we're wrong, we're not that wrong. So in other words, we might sell a put, let's say Biogen was trading at, and I don't remember what the exact strikes were, but let's say it was trading at 300. We might've sold a 270 put, but we would be uh, buying a 250 put or 60 put. So our risk would only be 10 or 20 bucks. And what were you? You know, typically what I would do in a situation like that, if I knew that advisory panel was coming up, I'd buy, I'd sell that put the month before it or the week before it so that I'd be shielded from the news. Then i wait to see what happens going into it um, and then get back in it at the new level. So, you know, we're not just standing in front of a freight train and hoping it derails. So anyway, that's how we do that. And, um what we're relying on is what I, $10 word is meta analysis of myriad investment information sources. And, you know, you just watch CNBC and you follow people on publicly available sources, analysts. Uh, you know, there's some amateurs on Seeking Alpha that are interesting. And we do have access to a guy who's actually really into this, who is a PhD. Uh, In biology, I think And he knows He really can read the studies And know what they say In a, you know um, Clinical sense, basically So a biotechnologist If you will So we're thinking of pulling him in But even if we don't do that We've got, um, you know Any number of reputable sources to, To go by And we just focus on it, you know So The other thing is, yours truly has 40 years of experience bouncing around the pharmaceutical uh, periphery, you know, medical marketing, uh, working for AMA. And I have been trading options for over a decade. And I've been managing my own and, and other people's investments for, you know, about 30 years. So, got that going for you. I also have a team of people who manage money for me, so they're good stock pickers, and I have a partner who is uh, in a position to have a great deal of expertise, knowledge, etc., not only about investments in general, but also uh, has become quite a good options trader. So, that's what we got going for us. uh, the only other thing I'm going to talk about today... So anyway, we're we're hopefully going to be in a position to market this thing in March more aggressively. But I just wanted to give you guys a sneak preview of the coming attractions. Because this is... My partner asked me to write up the investment thesis today. So I just read it to you. And you're the first to know. But, you know, it's been working. Uh, we've been making money on it. And we tried, you know... We 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 tried some other things where we didn't make money, like uh, just run of the mill stocks and uh, energy ETNs, uh, exchange traded notes. Uh, kind of got our re- re- posterior handed to us. <laughs> that just happened to be the week when you know they were you were getting paid to take oil, which was unprecedented. That was a bad week. So anyway, and. Uh, we have learned what we don't know how to do, and we have figured out what we do know how to do. And we made um, you know, just on our own money, we made like twenty grand on the Beyond Tech and uh, Moderna positions. So we made money at <clears throat> some first, second derivative trades like American Airlines. We made money at, so we're getting good at this, <clears throat> and it's a it's a good thing in a way that we weren't able to raise money very quickly because we've gotten better at it over the course of the I think we started doing this in March in this particular configuration so you know we've got some success stories and we got some track record here so anyway um watch watch your head watch your email and you watch for future podcasts I'll keep you up to date so meanwhile here's a trade what we're doing right now is Uh, We're simply short puts on both Moderna and Biontech, and they have both run up, which I didn't expect. But we did participate to some degree in the upside, in addition to the big wins we had early. So, so far, so good on that. Um, But I wanted to share with you some dialogue I've been having with people who are in a position to know something about AstraZeneca so Astra's gotten beaten up and the reason they've gotten beaten up is I think because of the unfortunate apparently there were some uh, anomalous results in the trial and that may be due to some mistakes that were made by one of their contract research organizations on methodology the the bigger dose didn't work as well as the smaller dose, which typically, that shouldn't be the case, right? What you're trying to do is get the dose down to the lowest level at which it's effective when you test different dosages. And there's two reasons for that. One is, you know, this thing's in short supply and infinite demand. There's 7 billion customers out there. And, And of course, some of them, are suffering from mental illness and they won't take it. But that's another story. Uh, the The other thing is the lower the dose, you know, in case there are any side effects, which I don't think there are from these vaccines of any magnitude um, or any, you know, material frequency, the lower the dose, probably the better. That's my understanding, at least. So, uh it's weird that the higher dose wasn't as effective as the lower dose. So they have to maybe unwind that, and that's going to slow down the U.S. approvals. But it sounds like to me that the, the Astra Oxford vaccine is more intended for the rest of the world, excluding the U.S. and even maybe Europe, because it's really cheap. But the point is here that I have been of the opinion for a long time Astra's not going to make any money on this, and Oxford's a nonprofit, so they're not in the business of making any money. So the price point is, is $4 or $5 a dose, which is probably cost. You know, they may end up losing money on it. So if there's questions about it, there never was a profit potential here. I think a lot of people are under the misapprehension that this was going to be a big deal for Astra. Astra's got a huge oncology business. You know, they make their money elsewhere. So if there was never any real profit potential from this drug, then anything bad that happens to it doesn't have any impact on future profits. And the smart money knows that. So I think what you've seen here is probably Robin Hooders and day traders, you know, who've been playing this from a vaccine perspective who were doomed anyway, because the thing's not going to go up based on, you know, if it does get approved. It it might, but, you know, there's no rational reason for it to. So that's a sucker bet and uh, misapprehension of how this works in terms of margins and, you know, percentage of revenue. So um, I think... That since there never was any money in this for Pfizer, any drop on the stock based on troubled waters on that particular um, product's journey is, is ridiculous. It's a non sequitur. So, let's see where Astra is. I think it's still hammered. It's at fifty three bucks and at its most recent high. It was at fifty two six months. Yeah, it was at sixty five at one point. I think year to date, let's see I thought it was higher than this yeah was it fifty six that seems to be its most recent high let's let me take a look here trouble reading these okay the yeah the fifty two week range has been from sixty five to thirty six and today or at least as of Friday was at fifty two so theoretically. You know there's probably another twelve bucks in the stock, which is twenty percent now the one year target estimate is sixty, so that is a stock that you know I would certainly feel reasonably comfortable selling puts like in March it was a thirty eight so I'd probably feel pretty pretty comfortable selling. 40 puts, and, uh, you know, if I I get along the stock at 40, I'm good, because that was the low in March when everything went down, and then it peaked back up at 58 over the summer, so, uh, yeah, I would feel comfortable with that. Now, if you wanted to play it the other way and buy some deep-in-the-money calls, you'd have to be a patient person because you have no idea how long it's going to take for them to get back to 60 if they ever do. So, But the other alternative is, you know, you could buy your 60 60 calls um, now and just give it some time or else if you want to take it short like in January then if it doesn't happen, you're going to have to roll the calls over. And every time you do that, you lose money. But there is an optimal point. There's a statistic with options called gamma. And uh, it's the rate at which the time decay happens. So, you know, options have an expiration. So the closer you get to the expiration, the less they're worth because the lower the odds are that they're going to be in the money if they're not already so like the day before they're worth nothing uh the day before expiration the day you buy them if you buy them 30 days out that's the highest value in other words they're never going to be higher than the day you buy them unless the stock starts to move in the direction you're betting so and the further the stock goes the wrong way the less they're worth too so time and stock deterioration for a call are your enemies Whereas if you're short the call, everything's different, right? Then they're your friend. But all you make when you sh- when you sell options, all you can make is the is the premium you you sold it for. With a call, your upside's unlimited, so that's the that's why people buy them, and that's why people sell them. You know, it's a, there's takes two sides to make a market. But if you bought the sixty call. And Astra, then you know, it's probably not gonna go any higher than that because it's a big that's a big freighter, right? And it takes a lot to change the direction of a big freighter. So uh I'm trying to turn our aircraft carrier around. So it's not the kind of stock that's gonna double, you know. So if you get the sixty you're probably a lucky lucky person. And that's only a twenty percent upside. So I'd probably play that more by selling selling puts and just selling put, put, put every month, 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 or week, week, week. Collect your profit and, you know, basically a cash flow play. And then depending on how wide your put spread is, that's how much cash you're going to have to have tied up. So, you know, you're tying up cash to make a percentage yield. Kind of like owning a dividend stock in a way. And, uh, you know, you have to do the math on that. But depending on the price of the options, you know, and that's what we call implied volatility, it's like selling state farm insurance, right? It's, you're balancing the risk of loss with the amount of premium you can make. And the more premium you get, the better business you got. And then you're also, like an insurance company does, you're using that premium to invest in other things. I mean insurance companies don't just make their money on their loss ratio, in other words, how much how many claims they pay out versus how much premium they take in. They also invest that money. That's why, you know, the prudential building, right? That's in the John Hancock Center. They invest their money in those real estate projects. So they're making money two ways. And uh That's what you're doing as a put seller, really. You're taking the money you make on the premium, and then you're investing that in something else. Uh, But you do have to have enough money in the account to have reserves, essentially, just like an insurance company. So when you're you're selling puts, when you're a put seller, you're really an insurance company for stocks. That's what it boils down to. And you make your money the same way. So... Um, that's how that all works. I never realized that before. I just came to that conclusion in this podcast. So, it's a eureka moment, folks. Anyway, uh, so that's, you know, the Astra situation is just one example of the kinds of things we could do with this fund. And the purpose of the fund is not to, you know, be an insurance company for stocks, but, uh, that's just one of the things we can do to kind of generate some income when we don't have enough of a, you know, conviction to take a position on, on alpha stocks. And I think that's what we'll end up doing sometimes, you know, because these things are, you know, they don't fall off of trees. So you you don't want to take a position just to take it. You want to be pretty sure of your... You know, the courage of your convictions has to be there. So when it isn't, we'll just, you know, ensure some stocks at levels we like, uh, issues we like, and that way we'll bring some money in and be able to give some returns to our investors in between alpha, you know, home runs so we can hit some singles and doubles. That's not the purpose of it, but, you know, you want to make your money work hard. So you don't have to. You know, that's the good part about passive investing. So anyway, that's uh that's the thought for this Saturday. Uh watching college football here, these brave warriors who are out there risking COVID to keep us entertained. And you know, it's all about dropping the dime. So um uh, tune in next time, tomorrow's the Tribune edition. Sunday Tribune. So, something to look forward to there. I'll read that so you don't have to. And I did read The Week this week, so you don't have to, but I didn't find anything too noteworthy. So, you don't even have to spend any time listening to my recap. So, just The Tribune this week. And uh, keep an eye out in the Alpha's next web page, I haven't been posting as much, not the web page, the uh, the LinkedIn uh, company page, I haven't been posting as much out there because now I'm posting for clients, so anything I find now I put out there in my client uh, pages, so you may want to start following the litigation connection, although most of that stuff's kind of related to marketing and sales and Forensic accounting and, uh, what else? Business valuation. Everything's valuation, though. You know, what What we do on the Ventures Next side and the Nugent Capital side is about valuing. What's the value of this stock versus what's the price? It's all about price and value. And, you know, valuation is everything in life. What am I worth, you know, to the prospective client? So, um... Uh, But the other thing is on the litigation connection side, we're doing a lot of great stuff for people, Uh, you know, increasing their LinkedIn network and using messaging to promote uh, whatever it is they have to promote, getting meetings with clients, prospective clients, putting content marketing out there on LinkedIn and elsewhere. So uh, if you or anybody you know uh, needs that kind of service, let me know uh, because it 's uh it 's a good fit we're We have a specialty in uh, legal certainly you know in forensic accounting and business valuation, which is part and parcel of many lawsuits, but we also can do work anywhere else we 're doing some work for a uh, financial advisor now. Or uh, we're, we're about to execute that deal. Uh, I've done work in obviously the medical field. I've been doing that for forty years, so you know I'm working with a dentist who's uh, got an invention that's hopefully going to save many lives through uh, aerosol reduction in dentistry. So uh, you know, in the med- it's basically professional business-to-business marketing. So anybody who's, you know, a professional, like a healthcare professional, legal professional, uh, financial professional, that's looking to uh, make connections with people who also are running businesses or, you know, high net worth individuals, things like that, uh, that's where we're at. So in other words, we're not marketing Sonic burgers to consumers. We work... At the business-to-business level, where the quality of the content is important. So it's not like Ice Bucket Challenge and all this consumer stuff. It's, uh, you know, hopefully a little higher level, shall we say. Because I don't work cheap, so, you know, you get what you pay for and what do I know about consumer stuff? I mean, I've never really... I haven't done it since I worked for Monkey Wards, you know, selling shutters and gutters to Hill Williams. So anyway, uh, so any referrals are greatly appreciated on that side. Plus, uh, we do offer gift baskets for the holidays through Aspen Tea. So uh, my wife's company still active. Digitally at least, and we put together a gift basket, and it's you know, it's a nice safe gift that isn't gonna offend anybody. Uh it's e-commerce, so we can ship her out for you. You don't have to go over there. And we put together a basket with the one package of each of the six exciting flavors. And that you can get into that for under a hundred bucks. So it's not too cheap, so you don't look like a cheapskate. But it's not that expensive, so... And uh, that includes free delivery. If it's within driving distance, I can... I'll dress up in a Santa Claus suit and deliver it to the door. Or if we ship at UPS, then we pass that on. You know, it's... uh Nice business gift, corporate gift. So if you got a company and you're looking for a gift to send people, let's do uh, Aspen tea. Right? It's uh, healthy, it's kosher, halal, everything you need. And you can re-gift it. You know, if you don't like it, you just re-gift it to somebody else. It's uh, fungible in that regard. And it's not perishable. And, you know, you don't want to buy people booze if they... You know, if they're drunks, <laughs> that's it, that's never good. You don't know. And you don't want to buy people, like, chocolates if they're, like, diabetics. Well, this, this is harmless. This is tea. Everybody can drink tea. And if they don't, you know, hey, it sits in the shelf for a year. And then, you know, we don't get a lot of repeat business. But we do get business. So uh, tea baskets, uh, gift baskets are on offer from Aspen T Company, and if you want to do any of these things, just call me up, 708-334-8414, and I will make them all happen for you through the various LLCs that I have on my uh, bank statement. So I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I hope you didn't pick up any COVID over the course of the holiday. Um uh, and uh, we will be back on the air, no doubt, tomorrow to go through my Tribune tear sheets so they don't pile up. So live long and prosper, and we will uh, talk to you tomorrow.